Welcome to Scrum Dynamics, episode 23. Hi everyone, welcome back to Scrum Dynamics. I'm your host, Neil Benson, and I am delighted to have co-host Dermot Ryan back in the hot seat for this episode. In this episode, Dermot and I discuss, should you hire a Scrum Master or an Agile Coach into your organization? We start with, what's the difference between a Scrum Master and an Agile Coach? And if you're a Microsoft customer or partner, what are the signs and situations when it makes sense to hire outside help? One of those people could be a product owner. Does it make sense to hire an outside product owner if you're a Microsoft customer? What are the questions you should ask to evaluate a Scrum Master or an Agile Coach if you're interviewing them for a role in your organization? And here's a special hint. One of my favorite questions is, what's the most important Scrum event? Hang on till later in the episode, you'll find out my answer. And lastly, we cover, are certifications important, particularly for Scrum Masters, and should they have technical expertise in dynamics and in software development? Let's get on with the show. Mapletics Biomagic is a market-leading, certified for Dynamics 365 geo-analytical mapping app. Maplytics empowers users with powerful map visualization and writing capabilities within Dynamics 365 to drive better sales, improve business processes, and engage the right customers at the right time. Maplytics now works with Dynamics 365 version 9 and the Dynamics 365 app for mobile and tablet devices. Thanks to Maplytics Bionogic for supporting the Serum Audio Network. Enogic is a leading, gold-certified Microsoft ISV, delivering best-in-class Dynamics 365 solutions, as well as high-quality and cost-effective programming services. So, ladies and gentlemen, give us a big round of applause. Here's the return of Dermot Ryan. Woohoo! Welcome hey, back, Dermot. Hey, thanks, Neil. Thanks for having me back on the show. It's been a while. I think it's been a couple of months. Yeah. Happy, hope you had a great Christmas and Happy New Year. And here we are in February already. Yeah, so yeah I know. Flying by. Time has definitely been? flown. I've been great, Dermot. We've been rocking and rolling on our Jupiter program. We're well into the uh, first tranche, the big first release that's been scheduled for July. So we're well into that. And uh, the team's going great. We're learning lots and deploying lots of great technology, all the leading edge dynamic stuff around Unified Service Desk, hitting the new Unified Client, and really excited to see what's coming in the April wave that kind of kicks off here in a couple of months as well. So nice to stay on the leading edge technology and being ready to deploy that in July. How have you been? I've been great. Thanks. I had a very relaxing Christmas. We had a forced shutdown at work, so I had to take two weeks off which was tough (laughs) in the summer in Sydney, as you can imagine. And I'm not too far from the beach. So it was really relaxing Christmas and New Year, but then straight back into it. It's not as if the work went away. No. So um, back to reality now, but it's all going really well. It's good to be busy. So yeah, it's going well. well. Thanks very much for coming back in. Really what I want to do to pick your brains about is a lot of the audience that we have listening to the Scrum Dynamics podcast are Microsoft customers and Microsoft partners maybe beginning their Scrum journey or their agile transformation and really want to know when they should seek help from an outside Scrum expert or agile coach. And I thought you'd be a great person because you've had both roles, both as a you know, third-party Scrum master and now an agile coach as well. So what are the different types of help available to a Microsoft customer or partner when should they seek help and how should they go maybe interviewing and selecting somebody who's got more expertise than them? Because that can quite often be an intimidating thing as well. So 
maybe you can start by letting us know the different types of help that are available. What's the different types of coaching that, that people can seek? It's a good question, Neil. So what I'm trying to instill with a lot of the Scrum Masters I'm working at at the moment is that the Scrum Master is a coach. Uh, if you go back and look at the Scrum Guide, they're there to coach the organization, they're there to coach the product owner, and they're there to coach the team. What you tend to see is that Scrum yeah. Masters focus on the team, and that's it. Where really, they should also look at the product owner and the organization, the enterprise that they work for. However, that's not always feasible. So if it's a very small organization with just one Scrum team, a really small shop, then you know a really good Scrum Master can do all three. Help the product owner, help the Scrum Master, and help the organization change their mindset and change their way of thinking. It's very important to get leadership buy-in to the agile journey. If you don't have leadership buy-in, the wheels are going to come off at some time. They'll fall back into waterfall habits. They'll fall back into command and control. And your poor scrum master, before he knows it, is a project manager. So you do need leadership buy-in. So in smaller organizations, a good scrum master should be able to tackle that if it's only one maybe team that you're working with. But in bigger organizations, you're quite correct. There is the concept of having agile coaches and team coaches and scrum masters all working together. So I think your question you asked, Neil, was what's the difference between a coach and a scrum master is that? Yeah, so I, I see a, you know on LinkedIn a lot of people who were a scrum master for a couple of years have expanded their career and their skill set. They're now agile coaches. It doesn't seem to be an awful lot of you know harmonious definition of what a agile coach is and what responsibilities they have, what service they perform to the to the people that hire them. So you know maybe you can give us your definition of the difference between a scrum master and an agile coach. You're quite right, Neil. There's a lot of debate and argument about what the role of an agile coach is. So I'll give you my experience and what I think the differences between the roles are, and maybe we'll get your thoughts, and hopefully we can find consensus on it. So my take on it is a scrum master will work with one to three teams, any more than that, and they'll become ineffective. They'll be running from one ceremony to the other, and they'll, they'll end up not being a servant leader for any team. They'll just be stretched way too thin. Generally, I'd recommend a scrum master start with one team, get that team to a level of maturity, then move on to the next team. And if you have to do a third team, wow, three. Do it, certainly don't do any more than three teams because it's possible you could be working. Three is a lot. Of- three maximum is what I'd recommend. The sweet spot is is one. <laughs> it's your real servant leader if you've just got one team. But generally, a lot of organizations have scrum masters working with two teams, which may mean you're working with two product owners. So it's literally double the work. And also, you're helping out across maybe a community of practice of scrum masters and how to raise the level of agile maturity in an organization. So that's what a scrum master would do. An agile coach, however, would have a much wider mandate to foster overall organizational growth and digital transformation. So they work with the leadership teams. They would facilitate workshops to build up their vision, their purpose, their guiding principles, and their organizational structure. Also, agile coaches don't just do Scrum. Scrum masters are focused on the Scrum framework, which is just one framework within the agile umbrella. You will get Scrum Masters who might know Kanban, but an Agile coach is expected to have a broader level of knowledge around perhaps Kanban, Lean, XP, pair programming, as well as Scrum, a lot of other frameworks. But also the coaches need to work hard on the organization's growth mindset and their overall digital transformation. And that will involve a lot of work with the leadership and the executive. And we're talking about big, big organizations here. Uh, A Scrum Master working with the teams and with the product owner and with their domain 
wouldn't have exposure to that enterprise leadership, whereas the agile coach does. So the agile coach is seen as the overall expert, answering questions, reviewing sessions, providing feedback, guidance, helping plan the journey, what are the next steps, what training is necessary in the organization, who should be trained, those sort of things. But they also, the big debate I have with other coaches is, well, if the, the agile coach is working at the enterprise and leadership level, are they neglecting the teams? And that also happens. And you see some coaches who just deal with the leadership and other coaches who deal with the community of scrum masters and try and uplift the level of scrum masters and uplift, say, in a business unit or in one domain, they will uplift all the agile practices in that one domain, whereas other agile coaches will work with the leadership and the, the executive. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you is, is the Agile coach, does it, do they have any responsibility for helping the Scrum Master become a better Scrum Master? Because if you're maybe the only Scrum Master operating within a business unit or, or in the Dynamics project and you're a bit isolated from other IT projects that are going on, maybe in a Microsoft partner, you're, you're out at a client site and you, you, don't, you don't have interaction with other Scrum Masters back in your partner organization. Is it the Agile coach's responsibility to coach you or is the Agile coach there to, like you said, coach the leadership? And it sounds like there's two different flavors of Agile coach, one focused on teams, one focused on on leadership and organization. Correct. And at the moment, I'm currently doing both. (laughs) So in the organization I work for at the moment, our remit is to do all of that. So we have our own product backlog and our own epics and our own goals that we want to achieve, part of it being uplifting the leadership and another part of it being uplifting the maturity of all the scrum teams we have in the unit I work in at the moment. We have 60 scrum teams, with sixty, well, not quite 60, about 40 scrum masters looking after 60 teams. So we're trying to raise the maturity of all of them and get them synergizing together. But at the same time, we have to uplift the enterprise and the executive and also reach out to other business units across the bank who are practicing Agile and see what they're doing. So it's a very, very big remit. So really what I see, the main difference being is the level that the two are operating at. A Scrum Master is looking at one, maybe two teams up to a maximum of three, whereas a coach is looking at more a business unit and enterprise level, both coaching all the Scrum Masters and teams and product owners in a business unit, but also coaching the executive. So it's a much bigger role. Uh, there's... We have a lot of discussions at work about where mm. that role is going to. And I work with a, a few Americans, actually, which is unusual in Sydney, but there's quite a lot of Americans in the company I work for. And they've been telling me that in the US now, agile is becoming a bit of a dirty word, that it's all about uh, growth mindset and digital transformation, that agile has been yeah. around for 20 years. And it's more about transforming the executive and going on that digital journey, as opposed to just using agile or just using Scrum. Um, there's a bigger umbrella coaching network out there as well. So it's really evolving. And to answer it, what does a coach do? I guess it's, well, what are the needs of that company? Do they need a coach to come in and uplift the maturity of their scrum masters yeah. at a particular business unit and their product owners? Or do they need someone to come in and transform growth mindset and digital transformation for the whole enterprise? So there are a few different roles there. So let, let's, say you're, let's say you're a reasonably small Microsoft not a reason to be small, but you're a Microsoft customer. You're doing your Dynamics 365 project to roll out maybe finance and operations or customer engagement. And you're going to bring in a Microsoft partner to help you. But this is your first Scrum project. You've decided to embrace the agile mindset and and try Scrum. Now, the Microsoft partner has maybe done Scrum before, but 
you've got to provide probably a product owner. I would imagine the product owner should really be provided from that from that client organization. They've never done it before. Is is it enough to rely on the Microsoft partner to provide a good Scrum Master to coach you? Or do you think the customer is best served by hiring an independent, either an independent agile coach to focus on maybe the product owner and the, and the rest of the client team? Or is it good enough to leave it up to the Microsoft partner to do it? What, what, what would you do if you were in the shoes of a Microsoft partner like that? Well, it depends how big that organization is. If it's a relatively small organization, it's going to be a bit of an investment and it's going to cost them to get an agile coach in to help them transform right. the whole organization and the mindset. But if it's, they're looking at just one business unit, uh, it depends on what level of trust they have with the partner that's coming in. If, if they really trust them and they're providing the Scrum Master and they go, hey, look, we don't know anything about Agile. Can you help us? Give us a Scrum Master for the teams, but we also need that Scrum Master to help us help this business unit on the journey. As I, I say to a lot of Scrum Masters, you are also a coach. You have a responsibility to the organization and to the product owners. Don't just focus on the teams. So if it's a small outfit, I, I think it's okay that the, the partner provides a scrum master however i do think the product owner should come from the customer side to represent the customer's needs and to maximize business value the partner can provide product owner training i've seen that happen but to protect the customer's needs i think it's preferable that they provide the product owner have you seen that working Neil? yeah I, i've i've never been in the situation where the partner provided a product owner that there's, there's too many conflicts of interest there i think it's much better I, I even i've never seen it work very well well maybe i have where the customer has hired an independent outsider to act as their product owner um, I, I think i have seen it work but you've got to find somebody you can really trust maybe who the leadership has worked with before and the downside is they don't maybe don't know your business and they don't know the personalities in in your senior stakeholder team very well. But if if they do have that experience and and they are a third party consultant, then that can work out pretty well. Actually, they don't need to necessarily be an employee of your organization. That person doesn't necessarily have to have a lot of Scrum expertise. They can get that as they go along if they're willing to take some training. If they're open to coaching from a good Scrum master who can either be internal or by the Microsoft partner. Mm -hmm. If you hire in an outside product owner to, to act for you, the thing is that they will focus on the product. They won't necessarily focus on transforming your agile mindset because that isn't their responsibility. So I have seen that happen where you do hire external help. So you have the partner coming in, they may provide the scrum master and the customer will go away themselves and hire a product owner who needs some time to bed in and learn your business, even though they might have the domain knowledge. But they will be looking at the product from business value perspective. Their remit isn't to uplift the organization's agile mindset. So that's where the partner's scrum master could assist the organization with that. But at the same time, there isn't a conflict of interest because the product owner has been sourced by the customer. All right. So taking a different point of view then, you're a Microsoft partner organization. You've got you know, a couple of dozen good technical consultants. You want to embrace Scrum and apply that framework to your future Dynamics 365 projects. Should you send a couple of your, let's call them project managers, on a Scrum training course and ask those people who, you know, find the ones who really embrace Scrum and want to try it out? Are they the ones that you want to, you know, act as Scrum masters on your first couple of Scrum projects? Can that 
succeed? Or should you really look to hire somebody who's got that previous scrum experience and, you know, co-op them into your first couple of scrum teams to help train your teams up? Can you go it alone? Does that work? Now that, that is a, a loaded question, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, and you know what it is, because that's what we see happening in the marketplace, is that you have project managers who get pigeonholed into scrum masters. Some of them don't want to be scrum masters, so they're going into the job with a negative aspect of it. They want to do waterfall, and that's okay. If, if people want to do waterfall, let them do it. And I don't think anybody should be forced to take on a scrum master role. But if they go into it and they want to take on that role and they want to learn, I still wouldn't recommend that a partner, hey, we've got a PM here who wants to learn scrum. Let's just throw them out to a customer and they can learn on the job because yeah. that's going to be very, very tough. Your customer is being shortchanged and also your new scrum master is being shortchanged because they have no one to turn to. Who's going to coach them? Who's going to help them? do a good job as a scrum master if they've never done it before. So they will need a mentor and your customer's getting shortchanged as well. Unfortunately, we've seen it. I think you've seen it as well. We've seen that happen quite a lot. Companies might, some partners might just go, hey, we've got this scrum master and that scrum person has never done scrum master work before. So that's a bad situation to be in. So if it's a new customer, you would need an experienced scrum master to go out there. A new scrum master should be have a mentor and be coached either by the partner inside or with offside with an experienced coach behind them. I, I was, I'm really glad you said that because it backs up a decision I made back in 2008, I think it was. I was running Increase CRM, my own little CRM consultancy. There's about 10 of us in the firm. We won a pretty big project to deploy Dynamics CRM 4.0 to 300 users. I convinced the leadership of that customer organization that Scrum is the way to go. They wanted rapid prototypes. They wanted faster feedback. They didn't want to wait 12 months or more to see the first version. I thought, oh, I've been reading in the magazines about Scrum. That sounds great. I ended up partnering with a bigger Microsoft partner and saying, hey, I've won this big gig. It, it's it's really too big for us. So we need some technical help, but we could also do with, with a, a seasoned mm. Scrum master and that was a Microsoft partner called Cyber UK. Paul Fox came on board as our Scrum Master, and he was awesome. Really helped us and the and the client, showed us the ropes. And he stuck really old school to, you know, post-it notes on a whiteboard, no software to track your progress, kept everything very physical. We were co-located, and we all stuck together in a room for a year and a half until we bashed out many, many iterations of the software. And... Thank goodness it worked out that way. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't go alone. And I think the project would never have succeeded if I tried to do that. So glad I avoided that and you know, brought in some outside help. But you know, as a Microsoft partner, I had to give up some revenue and take on the risk of partnering with somebody else. And that in the past has worked out really badly for me. I've had other partners try to squeeze me out of a of an engagement where I've invited them in and it, you know, it's just ended terribly. So some you win, some you lose in that situation it worked out really well mm. so it was an investment in your part to hire expert help and then you're learning off them and so you're getting you're delivering for the customer but you're also learning off uh, someone who's an expert in the job yeah i've spoken to friends you know nick dolman who i had on the show back in scrum dynamics episode nine i think hi nick if you're out there he led a couple of early scrum projects for his former consultancy and he took a, a training course read lots of books tried out some of the agile practices, you know, em- embraced those. He said, you know, kind of admitted they weren't maybe doing all of Scrum very well, but it worked out pretty well in a couple of their first projects. And, you know, that 
it's great to see him succeed. But I think that was a pretty risky move. I'm glad it worked out well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I admire the the get up and go to just try it, just get in and do it, which which is fantastic. But um, yeah, like you said, a little bit risky, but it's good that it worked out. Yeah. Well, Nick's been, you know, a, he's a pretty seasoned veteran, so at least it was quite a reduced technology risk because his him and his team knew the Dynamics platform really well, and it was a it was a fairly, you know. A standard project for them so there was you know a minimal amount of technology risk they knew the client pretty well the client was willing to experiment so worked out worked out well in that situation but i think most microsoft partners i, I would not suggest they take that risk and that they, they should go out and hire somebody so if i'm i made the bold decision i'm a microsoft customer i'm going to hire some help maybe an agile coach if it's a big transformation program and uh, we're going to need lots of coaching across multiple projects or I want to hire an independent product owner or scrum master to help me, or I'm a Microsoft partner looking to hire some help. What are the characteristics you look for? And let's split out the roles separately. So let's define a good independent scrum master. What characteristics should they have when you're interviewing? And an agile coach who's going to maybe look and help your, your leadership build that vision and that growth mindset. What are the different characteristics you should look for when hiring somebody? Mm. So with a scrum master, I'd ask some situational questions because they're going to be working really with the teams. They're you know they're, they're in the front lines with with the team delivering product. So I'd ask them for some situational examples. As so a, a team member who isn't pulling their weight, how would you handle that? So that's a difficult situation. I'd ask them for examples of how they've displayed servant leadership. So like a very simple example of servant leadership is how you enable the team to 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 yeah. do their work. So. It doesn't mean that the team sends you all their notes and goes, hey, you put it on Confluence and then the Scrum Master is there as the administrator. That's not what you want. What you want is a Scrum Master will go, hey, I've created a Confluence page for you. It's all yours. You have the access. Go do it yourself. So the Scrum Master is an enabler. It's, it's not a slave to the team. And they're supposed to lead by example. So I'd ask a lot of situational questions, ask them about previous projects they've worked on, ask them about how they've help the product owners to prioritize their epics how do they do uh, the roadmap how often do they meet with them and you know again bear in mind it's not just the teams are working with they're also supposed to work with the product owners and we see a lot the product owners get neglected and left to their own devices so ask them a lot of questions around that ask them about the metrics that they use are they using velocity what sort of flow measures are they using and also what do they do with those metrics um do they keep them within the team or do they show them to senior management? So that's a loaded question because um, we've had a whole podcast around metrics, Neil, and we had, we had opinions on what to do with metrics. So I'd ask them more frontline in the trenches with the team and with the product owner sort of questions, how to yeah. handle difficult situations and ask them some questions around the scrum ceremonies. A coach, on the other hand, I'd ask them what do they enjoy about being an agile coach? Uh, a great question to ask an agile coach, actually, because it's very topical for this podcast, is what do they think the difference between a coach and a scrum master is? As we just chatted about a few minutes ago was, hey, we couldn't even define between us right now what a, what a coach is. It's, it's so big and vast. So ask, ask your potential agile coach what they think the job is. I'd ask them for an example of where they've undertaken an enterprise level digital transformation and instill that growth mindset if that's what you're hiring for or ask them how they've uplifted a 
bunch of teams and how they went about that. Did they help set up a community of practice for the scrum masters? Did they set up a community of practice for the product owners? Or how did they rate the maturity of the teams that they were tasked yep. with uplifting? So more higher level questions. Uh, what were their biggest challenges when working with a transformation? How did they overcome those challenges? And then what flavors of Agile are they familiar with? There's more out there than just Scrum. Scrum is by far the biggest. But like I mentioned, there's also Lean, Kanban, XP, pair programming, and how they've leveraged those different frameworks. So you don't just use one all the time. Then you're getting into more bigger topics oh, yeah. like test-driven development, business-driven development, different ways of doing Agile. So what flavors of Agile do, are they familiar with and how have they used them? And then one that I got asked in an interview, which which threw me, but it was a really good question, was what coaches do I follow? What blogs do I follow? <laughs> How do I self-educate all the time? Uh, fortunately, I, I had, on the train to my interview, I was following a few coaches and Lisa Atkins is a good one. She's written a few books and of course, all the usual like Mike Cohn and there's a guy called Stefan Volpers who writes a really good blog. So I had a few coaches top of mind because I read them on the, way, on the train to the interview, but that's a good question to ask as well. How are they uplifting their own maturity? And of course, anybody listening to this podcast, Dermot, they can say they listen to the Scrum Dynamics podcast. And if they can remember Dermot Ryan's name, then that's bound to get them the job. So absolutely. <laughs> Try that one. Yeah. <laughs> and Neil Benson, yeah. So um action and results, I think. So yeah, there's different levels of what a scrum master does and what an agile coach does. So I I think the situational ones are the best. Give us real, real situ like the STAR acronym, which I can't situation, task, answer, review, is that what it means? I can't remember, but it's it's real situ. That star acronym, so situational questions are really, really good because it puts them on the spot and you're seeing firsthand how they're reacting to that pressure. Do they get all defensive or can they you know, stay cool, calm and collected? So you've done plenty of interviews yourself. You've, um, you're hiring all the time. What's your thoughts? So a couple of good questions I've heard. One organization asks a candidate scrum master, so they bring them in on a, on a Tuesday morning and go, it's the... Uh, end of our sprint, I'd like you to facilitate retrospective. So they've never met the team before. They have no idea what the product backlog looks like or what the product owner's sprint goal was. They've got to facilitate a retrospective with a team sight unseen. I think that's a pretty brutal, but you know, if you're a good scrum master, you'll shine in that situation. It's pretty a pretty tough situation for any candidate to find themselves in. That's a pretty pretty good one. Another one is what's the most important Scrum event? And I know uh, one interviewer who will never hire a candidate who says anything other than the sprint retrospective. Mm -hmm. I was reflecting on it and I'm thinking, you know, there's a lot to be said for that because it's the kind of ultimate moment of of team self-reflection, inspection, adaptation. It's all wrapped up in the sprint retrospective. And by far, he says, for him, that's the most important sprint event. Really? head and shoulders above any of the others. I thought, wow, okay. He's, he's obviously got a very strong opinion on it. And, you know, you've got a one in five chance of getting it right. And I was wondering what your opinion is on certifications. How important are those for a candidate you might be assessing? And my thoughts on that, there are, there are definitely some people who have a long list of certifications. It looks like they must spend every evening and weekend doing nothing but studying and taking exams. And... That's okay uh, in, for certain roles, but uh, some people take all those certifications and they have very little practical experience. But I like to see 
at least a couple of certifications. I think it's it's essentially you're in touch with the latest thinking and you've got a couple of those under your belt. I know I've got a great Scrum Master working with us at the moment. She has no certifications. She's awesome. So it's it's not a, yeah, a must-have, but it's a nice-to-have. I, kind of, I expect to see it these days. How do you feel about certifications? Very similar to you. Um, they're not the be-all and end-all. I think there's a big cottage industry around certifications at the moment. Um, they're the franchises that give them out. It's just a money-making machine. However, I do see some value in them. I know the few certifications I have done have really made me think about how, where I'm going as a Scrum Master and really think about the frameworks. But like you said, you've got a great Scrum Master who isn't certified. So yeah, I'd be aware, be wary of people who go out and have yeah. all these letters after their name. Ask them more about on-the-job experience. And a good interviewer will see straight through the people who, who have loads of certifications but no job experience so they're not the be all and end all however i would question a scrum master your situation is very unusual you've got a really good scrum master with no certifications that's not normal i would wonder i'd, I'd even ask that person how come you never got certified because if you've all this this years of experience it should be easy enough especially to get a csm or a psm1 if you've got multiple years experience as a scrum master that's not a hard exam to get so i question and it's not expensive to do either yeah. so I question why you just didn't take a weekend to get it <laughs> also i'd question are they involved in the community like you and i are right now doing a podcast there's also meetup groups tons of meetup groups in sydney from scaled agile framework to large-scale scrum to regular scrum meetups um a question are they going for these meetups and are they involved in the community again not to be all and end all but it shows a willingness to grow and learn themselves but i wouldn't hold it against someone if they're not because Lots of people are married with kids and busy and they got life outside of work. So it's not to be all and end all, but it's an interesting one to throw in there. I think that's really important because even, you know, I love to see dynamics candidates involved in the community. You know, and I meet people at user groups and we end up, you know, working together later. It's a really good sign. It's even, I think, more important for the scrum masters that I work with because they are quite often... Uh, not working in a like your organization with 60 scrum teams and 40 scrum masters, lots of communities of practice to share best practices with. The scrum masters that I work with on Dynamics projects are either working solo or, or they're working in a Microsoft partner where there's four or five projects on the go at, a mo uh, you know, at one time. So there isn't that, that strong community and they don't get to work day by day or every day with other strong scrum masters. So participating in that community and getting involved in latest thinking and going to conferences, I think I agree with you, are a really good sign. Yeah, I remember when I started out, it was with a smaller outfit as well. And I was typically the only scrum master. So I went to pretty much every meetup group I could get to. I enrolled in conferences. Scrum Alliance did a very good scrum retreat here in Sydney, which was two and a half days. Made loads of good connections and learned a lot on the weekend. And so this really good way, especially for novice scrum masters starting off. It's a great way to, to network, but also to uplift. There's a lot more out there than just reading the scrum guide. It's real life experiences, just hearing how their projects went and real real problems outside of the ones that you're facing and if you're the only scrum master in your organization you've no one to bounce these ideas off so it's a really good idea to get out there and to network and go to meetup groups there's a couple of technical issues especially when you're hiring a scrum master i think more so than an agile coach does a dynamics 365 scrum master need experience of dynamics 365 dermot and what about other technical practices like pair programming test-driven development do Scrum masters need to have experience with those. You know, do they need to be a, a developer by background, for example? What are your thoughts on that? 
again, this is one that's up for debate. My preference is that a Scrum Master should have some technical knowledge and know the pain points that development teams go through. Now, we're, we're specifically talking about Dynamics 365 and technical pieces. I'm currently working on a project that's a business project, and we're trying to do it in an agile fashion. So that wouldn't apply there. I have very little knowledge about how to be a banker, but I'm helping them with the agile mindset. So there's an example of me going in and helping uplift the team, and I know nothing about their line of work or about their business. However, in technical projects, my experience when I was a scrum master and now a coach, it's I find it easier for me to because I knew some of the technology or if I didn't know the exact technology they were using, I knew the language. I knew what, what a BA was and what SIT mm. meant and what UAT meant and all the pain points. Right. I knew the differences between waterfall and scrum, uh, and scrum in a project. Knowing pair programming and XP, having done it firsthand, would definitely make your job easier as a scrum master. However, I also have worked and are currently working with Scrum Masters who are not technical at all, and they are very, very good because they can be more objective. They don't get mired up in all the technology. They can step back and really look at the mindset and the maturity of the team. So there's a yin and a yang there. I, th- I think both work really well. My preference, I, I have felt more comfortable because I'm from a techie background. I, I did a computer science degree and I was a programmer. So... I can speak the language, especially when you're working in DevOps and really technical teams. But I've seen some excellent Scrum Masters who don't have any technical knowledge. So that's open to interpretation, Neil. You're from a salesy background yourself, right? Yeah, you you were never a hardcore techie. Yeah, I, yeah, I was a I was a I was a CRM user. That's how I got into CRM projects. Then came up through the ranks as a business analyst, and knowing quite a lot about the, the dynamics technology. Trying to be a Scrum Master. The challenge is you're so tempted to get in there in the workshops and try and solve the technical problems, and and that's not your role. You've got to step back and let the team solve it, and you've got to find a way of unblocking the challenges that are facing them, and without trying to solve the technology. You know, should we? You know, are we, are we using a synchronous pattern or an asynchronous pattern for this integration? That's no, that's not the scrum master's job to fix that. Um, it's the scrum master's job to make sure the right people are in the room, that the the decision gets made quite swiftly, and we can execute on it without too many challenges after that. Yeah, it's very tempting. I'd be wary as, as well, Neil. I've seen a lot of jobs being advertised for scrum masters who must have knowledge of .NET yeah. or JavaScript and pair programming and all these deep technology skills uh, like Unix and so on. And I'll be ver- when you read the job ads and read between the lines, they're really looking for someone who can write code and act as a scrum master at the same time. Uh, and I'm, I'm wary of those uh, ads that you see. So what are they looking for really? Do they want a scrum master or do, do they want a part-time scrum master who can cut code? So they're the dodgy ones to look out. And a lot of jobs out there are like that. That's the market. They're trying to save a few quid, I guess. And that's the way it is. Yeah, I've seen lots of uh, adverts on a similar streak for agile project managers, and you know they got they got to have a certified certified Scrum Master exam and the ability to you know produce a Gantt chart on demand. It's yeah, could make your mind up. Time, <laughs> uh, it's you know that that's HR for you. We've all seen terrible job ads for all sorts of roles. So it's tough when you're in HR and you're working on the behalf of a hiring manager who hasn't got time to write a real job description. So you copy and paste and cobble one together. It's it's a tough spot to find yourself in. So I don't want to give recruiters too hard a time, but yeah. But again, I'm always curious about, curious about that, about why doesn't the line manager who wants the 
agile coach or scrum master, why aren't they helping HR to write the job description? That's a question that that still baffles me because you see, like you said, you see these advertisements and it's whoever wrote this looking for an agile resource has no clue about agile. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's tough on them because they're put in a bad, hard situation, but also you're not going to attract good candidates with a badly written job advertisement. No. Well, let's, let's hope it's somebody else that's interviewing you whenever you, you step forward into that role. Good. Uh, so Dermot, any final thoughts on getting help if you're a Microsoft cost customer or partner? Uh, any, any other final th- tips for our audience? Well, it's an investment. Like everything else, sometimes you have to go one step backwards to go two steps forward. So don't be driven by the accountants all the time that it's costing me all this money to get a Scrum Master in. Try and look at the bigger journey on where you want to go. And that's where a coach or a Scrum Master can help you, how to get there. Yeah, great. Well, Dermot, it's been a pleasure having you back on the show again. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we'll speak to you soon, I hope. Let's not wait for two or three months before the next show. Excellent. Thanks for having me, Neil. It's great being back. Uh, Good start to 2019 and looking forward to the next one. Thanks. Thanks very much. Our mission is to have every Microsoft Dynamics 365 project succeed using Scrum. If you'd like to learn more about Scrum and become a certified professional Scrum Master, visit crm.audio slash Scrum Dynamics to get discounted access to the introduction to Scrum from Microsoft Dynamics 365 course. Course features videos, worksheets, quizzes, and a practice assessment for the Professional Scrum Master Certification Exam. It covers the theory of Scrum, its events, roles, and deliverables, as well as lessons learned through Scrum for Dynamics CRM case study projects. CRM Audio podcast listeners can get discounted access by visiting crm.audio slash scrumdynamics.